welcome to the creaking salt-soaked tables of the Brazen Hydro Pub in Dogewater. We're your hosts, Ant Groven, Conquest, and today we'll be sharing a pint and talking all things Runeterra and beyond. Okay, so last time we did not finish the big bads of Runeterra. But I think we, yeah, I think we start off, we just close that off. Let's, let's close the book on that and get mm-hmm. a couple more done. Because we talked about Aurelian Soul, mm-hmm. right? Big yeah. cosmic dragon, big threat. Of course, big threat. We talked about the Watchers. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we stopped. I don't know if we talked about anyone. Did we talk about anyone? Did we really not talk about anyone else? I mean, like, sorry, the two obvious ones, right? I mean, I guess Rolling Soul even, like, is not the most obvious, but... Uh, yeah, I guess we really... I mean, like, we tried focusing on some, like, smaller bads here and there. But even then, yeah, like, there's not... Yeah, I guess we only talked about those two, huh? We only talked about... I think we only talked about those two, but there are other Crazy. big bads. <laughs> so we have... So there's a there's a character. A lot of people are familiar with him. Don't actually know his backstory. It's Mordkaiser, the Iron oh Revenant. Oh, I don't know yeah, Mordkaiser. Yeah. Who the heck is that? So we have Death Threat in the Shadow Isles. We'll talk about him later. There's Death from the Shadow Isles. That's not the only Death Threat that we have on Runeterra. So Mordkaiser, the Iron Revenant, was he's from the the land that we now know today as Noxus. Mm-hmm. That was back when they were called Noxi, and he was the king. Like this guy was the ruler. Picture Genghis Khan. Uh, oh, yeah. That's the kind of guy he was, like completely dominated the entire area. Oh, geez. Okay. Eventually he dies and he's unhappy with the afterlife. He's like, mm-hmm. well, this isn't, this is stupid. Like, I'm just kind of uh, in this nothing space and I expected more. Yeah. And this guy wanted like Valhalla for himself. That's what he thought he deserved. <laughs> and so he gets pissed and basically he refuses to pass on just from his sheer will sheer will power alone he refuses to pass on and eventually these witches get together and they're like okay we're going to resummon this guy mm-hmm. and so he basically persuades them he kind of like manipulates them into resummoning him into this world but not just as himself but much more powerful and that's where he comes back as mord kaiser like with this armor and like his his will is almost holding together his armor and his his form oh that sounds cool yeah and that's when he takes over all of the Noxus. Like, he takes over the whole area. It's not called Noxus yet. And he's the one who builds up the Immortal Bastion, which is, like, the main city in Noxus. Oh, wow. And that's where he rules. He dominates over all. <laughs> Eventually, all the other people in Noxus, who are called Noxie at this time, mm-hmm. they take they band together, all the other Noxie t- band together, and they take back the Immortal Bastion. They don't take it back. They take it over and kill him, basically. Oh wow! Yeah, we don't. I don't know if they take it over, but basically, he they overthrow him. He dies. Yeah, he dies. Like they they probably don't exactly have a uh, next in line to the throne, but he's dead. They yeah. don't want him. Is what's important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they so they 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 take back the, the 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 they take it back. They kill him. They inherit the immortal bastion, which is still the main capital city mm-hmm. of Noxus today. Oh, but this was actually all part of his plan. To die? Yes. His second death was literally a part of his plan because when he goes back to the afterlife, which was pretty empty when he got there, mm-hmm. is now populated with all the people that he killed while on Terra. <laughs> and he dominates all of them. And it raises an immortal dead army of like an immortal army. Yeah. And now he's he used them to build up his own afterworld. Like he basically runs the afterworld now. What the heck? Which we don't know much about, but he's he basically built it up, and he has an ar- his whole immortal army there. And to this day, people fear his return. That he'll find <laughs> another way to come back permanently. 
with his army and just take over again. This dude's just a natural born conqueror. You got to respect his, his, you know, his willingness to just constantly feel the urge to uh, enslave people. Yeah, I think his name was like Shen, Shen Zual or something like that. I got to look up the exact name, but. Now he is Mordkaiser. But man, I feel like Noxus or Noxy, like, or, you know, like whatever it was back then, even back then, weren't people still pretty open about like, yeah, you're the strongest. You're in charge. Yeah. People must have really hated him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if, if of, of all people out of all the lands in Runeterra, if if Noxus is a place where people are uprising against you, you know, <laughs> like you like uniformly. That's that's on you. That's a problem. Your character. Yeah. Like, wow, he's he must be hated. <laughs> I didn't really think about it, but yeah. yeah people didn't really like living under him. Yeah, which is wild. <laughs> yeah. They were so they were called Noxy mm-hmm. before all the way up until the Rune Wars. When the Rune Wars happened, they took shelter in the Immortal Bastion. And then when they emerged from the Rune, they all survived and the Immortal Bastion took shelter there. That's when they called themselves Noxus. Like uh, they oh, the oh. eye to us. Yeah. Yeah. And so that so before that they're always called Noxy. Oh, okay. That's the big threat. That's the big threat there. My God. All right. So we don't know much about the afterlife, huh? But we do know there is an afterlife. It's weird. Like in Ionia, we do see um Yone die. Mm-hmm. Well, he's yeah, we see him die and him go to the afterlife. He almost goes he goes to like the spirit realm. Oh. There's like demons there and stuff. And so is that like, like different but from where? I think so, because this guy went to the afterlife and he just didn't see anything. <laughs> That's true. But I think maybe like he was almost in purgatory, like he wasn't a good person. Oh, yeah. But then why did everyone else that he killed? But it seemed like he almost went to this place. And then everyone that he killed went to this place. Yeah. It's so it seems weird. like it's more like the everyman place. Maybe like if you're attuned with the spirits in that way, you know, you end up. Yeah. wherever they went in ionia maybe yeah, maybe ionia is like its own little thing yeah or just like yeah depending on how close you are to be like spirits i guess you know i think the afterlife like always stays a mystery yeah me too let's that's never, very let's important for that there are some things in the world that should never be they, they should be there but never explored i completely agree yep and that's that's a harp about MMOs, right? Is that like eventually you're going to run out of places to explore without making new ones. And you're going to look at places like, you know, like the afterlife and you're going to think, oh, well, that's an obvious place to go. Right. We haven't gone there yet. It's like, no, <laughs> don't do it, especially the afterlife, because then all of a sudden you're seeing all these characters who had emotional deaths throughout the course of the MMO. And it's just like, oh, well, that all meant nothing. So you can just go see them now. They're not really dead. They're just there. <laughs> they just moved. There's something to be said about every single time there's an expansion, you feel like you have to go somewhere new. Yeah. Why is okay. that always the case? Why can't we? Why can't we go to like places where? Let's say that they start with Demacia, Noxus, and Fraljord, right? Mm-hmm. And they everywhere else is an expansion, which isn't what I thought. But yeah, let's say that they do that. They just do all of Valoran, maybe Piltover, mm-hmm. and then we go to all the other places. We never go back there for another expansion. Like yeah, I feel like you can. You can 100% do another expansion there. Like maybe that's when Mordkaiser comes out and they yeah. just revamped Noxus like crazy. It's all yeah. updated. Like everything's brand new. And that's that like revitalizes the world. And then you could put something in there. Like I, I think World of Warcraft has like those little characters that whatever you can teleport 
back into the old oh time. yeah 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 i think that's perfectly fine being able to like go into a different like phase where you're in the older noxus if you want to quest through there or something. yeah because the story yeah, technically still follows that path so that old noxus is still there mm -hmm. you know like for people that are just starting the game yeah but then when you go back to not it's the updated version because that's when the expansion hits you know like you follow the story just like you can go in darnassus right now even though it burns down later yeah absolutely and like because then the, the, like also the nice thing about that is that it makes things that are already established can continue to like to be grow yeah. and change. Yes. I think that's without so insane, deleting the old world. That's yeah, not exactly. the right move. You don't just delete it. Like you don't take it over like cataclysm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, we don't do that. It's all gone. Mogor is completely fucked up. No. Yeah. No, that, that was a big issue with cataclysm is that like, yeah. like technically things didn't change because the people there are changing. It changed because freaking big dragon showed up and spewed fire everywhere on, yeah. the, on the earth. Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> There's a big difference, I think. Compared to this where I'm saying like, okay, you have the start, like the, if you're starting as a Noxus person, mm -hmm. that, that even though that expansion later completely revamped Noxus, it's still your, that's the, that same starting area and that same experience. Yeah, yeah. They, they, that they, doesn't change. They don't have to, yeah, they, they don't have to like rewrite everything yeah. to fit this new, um, this new progression in the story. Exactly. The second layer on top that you explore later. And that makes the world feel alive. Agreed. That's so insanely important. I mean, I feel like every MMO is guilty of that, right? Even like Final Fantasy fourteen, those first three like faction based zones that you're in, like you know, they're they're really never going to change. I'm not expecting those uh those big three factions, those big three zones to ever change in Final Fantasy fourteen because guess what? You got to go to this new place and. Now it's time for these completely new characters to have the spotlight. And it's like, okay, so everything's just kind of uh, gone. Yeah, everything's just kind of in a, a a glass frozen state everywhere else. So it's like, okay, but God damn it, dude, if you're going to spend all this time writing out this whole world, make it change. Keep, yeah. keep it dynamic. Keep it interesting. I don't know why you have to completely stop everything so we can focus on Freljord. No, dude, everything should be moving. Even if it obviously like like even if like like we have like a Freljord expansion, the focus should obviously be Freljord. Yeah. But like still, that doesn't mean you can't have other things going on in response to Freljord, in response to like the Watchers, you know, the starting to like move and shake the earth and yeah. things like that. We should have some quests in like Demacia of people freaking out. You know, armies, <laughs> armies should be of, moving like, around, responding. Yeah, 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 of our armies responding, we should be there helping out, preparing for what's to come. Yeah, like that, you just. Keep everything alive. Keep everything moving, because that's something in like most MMOs are guilty of. It's a problem. Yeah, it's just all the way down to like Bilgewater. People are talking like we heard stuff going on in the north. Uh, yeah, and like how do I want to profit off of it? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like how am I going to sell arms to Demacia to defend themselves? Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, there should be fun little like quests and dungeons and all that stuff. They should be cropping up everywhere, not just consolidated in one place. That's like the only place that's moving with time. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's really. This is that's like a really big point for me in the MMO that I want to make sure that there was a there's that one game, um, Ashes of Create Ashes of Creation, right? Where yeah. it's, they have like the node system and the world's always changing. And the same oh, thing yeah. with um the Amazon MMO, New World, New World, the that. world's always changing. Yeah, I think that. They, they may have gone in like a bit too far and a bit too much focused on the, the actual, uh, that that's not like enough. I feel like the whole, the, like there, there, there are changes like node system, right? And this node yeah. was controlled by this group and then it'll be controlled by another group. Yeah. I know they're changes like, more like just like a structural superficial. 
yeah, yeah. high it, level it, very uh like just plain old the, there was a house here now it's a different house yeah <laughs> like they, they had that bad <laughs> crusade with that little place in the beginning in hellfire so oh like, yeah you get the, to conquer yeah conquer that that main tower it's alliance or horde flags but I, mm-hmm. i'm talking about like actual change like the world is evolving and changing over time and you're not you're not taking away anything from the past because the past is still there yeah i completely agree like the all right the main character is the world all right not the expansion of the week yes okay exactly (laughs) okay everything should to some extent stay relevant does that mean every single zone needs to be updated every time a new patch drops heck no no. but anytime something important happens there should be responses where you are in these uh in these older zones having things you have to do because then guess what too that means you're gonna have people all over runeterra yeah. You're not just going to have people all stuck in freaking Ionia when the Ionia expansion drops. Yep. You're going to have new players walking out of Noxus and it's not going to be an empty freaking field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's, ins- especially for new players, keeping these original zones relevant is going to be insanely important. And they have no reason not to because these zones rock and there's so much they can do with them for years. Man, this is making me want to tangent really hard into the leveling experience, but I feel like let's save let's that's gonna be a that's gonna be a video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be a whole episode. <laughs> let's 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 try to really finish these big beds of Runeterra because I don't want it to bleed over into like oh my god, this is why beds of Runeterra. This is why we only covered two big beds last time. Yeah, <laughs> was... This could have kept going. <laughs> yeah, easily. Okay. So the next big bad I will say is have you ever heard of the Darken? The Darken yeah. sounds familiar. Okay, so in Shurima, in Shurima, Shurima. <laughs> is it Shurima? No, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Shurima because we both said Shurima. No, it's Shurima. Right? Oh, no, no it's Shurima, it's Shurima. We're good. Oh, okay. 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 In Shurima, <laughs> you have the Ascended, right? Who rise up from the Sun Disk. Yeah. Which is the power of Aurelian soul being stolen. And he has that yeah. on him, shoot, shoot him off. They're stealing his power via the sun disk to raise up ascended god warriors. Yep. Now, at this time, back in the past, you have the Shurima and Ishtal, their allies. They work together to build the sun disk. And there's ascended god warriors in both. Mm-hmm. Akathia, bottom area, does not like being ruled by Shurima. They eventually revolt. They're getting their butts kicked because there's Shurima and Ishtal god warriors. Ah. So it's kind of tough to win there. Yeah. So they try to release this secret weapon known as the Void. Oh, wow. And that, that backfires pretty badly because <laughs> um, the Void comes out, it starts killing. It kills everyone pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Undiscriminately. Yeah. Undiscriminately. I don't think the Void cares very much for either side. Yep. Zillion actually. So we may actually go back to Akathia one day because Zillion in an attempt to save as many civilians as he could, innocent people as he could, he tells everyone to come to his tower, and then he removes his tower from time. And oh. so it's stuck in a stasis. The void that was in the, that was getting into the tower, as well as the people, it's just All frozen in time, that oh, whole tower. Wow. But back in the, the regular timeline, time's flowing normally, and Shurima and Ishtar are struggling to fight the void. Mm-hmm. And eventually they win. Right. By understanding that the void, you can't really fight it. You just have to let it stagnate. Like without any organic matter or magic, the void just kind of falls into a stasis and eventually falls dormant. Oh, wow. And so that's the strategy. That's why Shurima literally removes Akathia from the map because they don't want anyone to go near Akathia. They want it to just be forgotten, never to be explored again. And just like this dead zone, no one go near it because if you go near it, you'll wake up the void. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Wow. Uh, that's but, terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to go there eventually. We're going to have to wake him up. <laughs> and then back in Shurima, a little bit after that, Azir tries to ascend. The, the sun disk falls. 
And at this point, like the, and I can go into a lot of details there, but regardless, the, the sun disc eventually falls mm-hmm. and the people of Shrima look to the Ascended for guidance, but the Ascended are starting to get like real effed up. What? Because they, they just fought a war with the, the void. Oh, yeah. They're almost like they're like corrupted by what they've seen fighting oh. the void. Okay. They start losing their minds and going crazy and they become darkened. And dark, and they start raising like mortal, mortal armies to basically conquer the world. Oh wow! And eventually, so darken our aspects. That ascended. are ascended. Yeah, they're ascended. Oh, they okay. Corrupted. Oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Oh geez, mm-hmm. that's problematic. How long have they been writing this kind of stuff? Where just all these problems are cropping up, and we have yet to solve them. Oh no, there's more. We're not even done yet. But yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of problems. And so these are, this is kind of, so these darken, right? Mm-hmm. They eventually, the aspects of Targon, who are the ones that raised, that helped raise up these immortal god warriors and Shredima, because they're the ones that, you know, imprisoned Aurelian's soul and started siphoning his power for this future unknown war. Yeah. Uh, that they got involved and basically imprisoned all these darken in their weapons. Oh. And that's why you have guys like Cain and Ionia who are wielding the scythe. Mm-hmm. And that scythe contains the the souls of one of the darken, and the darkens hold or like Please. or like at that new character, um, what's her name, the dog one. Don't, oh, I know who you're talking about. Anyways, yeah, yeah. She's, she's like she. It's a dog that literally ate the dagger. Oh, that would that <laughs> had in prison one of the darken. Wow. Yeah, and so you have all these darken blades running around, and they're like basically their whole goal is to kind of. Some of them, at least, their goal is to basically come back together and reconquer the world. Oh my god, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So they're trying to find vessels. Like mm-hmm. Kane's guy, the guy that's in his weapon is he's trying to take over Kane. And that'll uh, be his vessel. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, he has a lot of possession going on these days yep. in Terra, mm-hmm. I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Just Jeez. it has to do a lot with whenever you get to the ascended stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we start seeing a lot of possession. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you start getting closer to Targon, there tends to be some possession stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so like see like this stuff has been like written out for a long time now i think right like all this like dark and stuff which oh, is yeah. just like crazy to me that they're definitely setting up for you know these kind of like status and resolution eventually yep a great way to resolute them is you know yeah in an mmo, in an MMO fashion <laughs> yeah yep yep so it's crazy that it just feels like everything is culminating to this game it's so insane to me that They've been really like it feels like they've been thinking about this for a long time now. Yeah. It's just like, oh, good. Honestly, good. That's how you do it. You you gotta have your story, your world all set up way before you're even thinking about an MMO. That's the that's the crazy thing. That's why I think everyone's went crazy when they announced the right MMO is because the world's already there. The stories yeah. are already there. Yeah, the conflicts the are conflicts already are, there. Like the these character. unresolved massive threats. Yeah, are already there. <laughs> Yeah, and at least the ones we know about. I'm not even mentioning all of them. These are just like the really yeah, like the major, the biggest ones that I can think of. Yeah, but there's definitely others. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. So even so, let's move away from the darken. We got one more, mm-hmm. and he's the the one that probably most people are familiar with. Oh yeah, and that's Viego. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Viego's the, the the he he may not be the most powerful, but he's he's the shining star. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's the coolest. <laughs> he is. His whole story is so well written. It's very fleshed out. It's just, there is clearly a lot of focus and love put into Viego as a character in Rutera. Yeah. And I, I like Viego because he's not really, 
morally gray. Yeah, but at the evil. same, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's evil, but he's not really like he's not really evil for himself. But no. at the same time, he's pretty evil. Like he just has a goal, and he doesn't care who gets in his way. And sometimes those are like the the coolest characters. Yeah, it feels more like yeah, like, like there's no questioning that you know the world's better off if we kill this dude. Yeah, like Batman. <laughs> like the Joker is definitely the good guy, and he's trying to save Gotham. Then you have this guy who's just stopping him at every turn because of the collateral damage. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, you know, Batman's definitely not good, but at the same time, like seeing someone so determined to accomplish, and they don't care who gets in their way. Like yeah. it will go stop all crime in Gotham. Yeah. But there's a better way to do it. But his his method, right? Mm-hmm. It's just he's so committed to it that it's a nice look, even though he's not the good guy. Yeah. You can't help but like to some extent like root for him. You can't but like root for the villain. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Just because he's so interesting. Yeah. And it feels like Viego more than anything, he's he's just desperate. Yeah. You know? You you feel that sense of like Oh my god, like this guy has gone absolutely insane trying to achieve this goal that feels absolutely impossible now. Yeah, and I think we assume too much of the like I always assume that the problem with me is I assume too much that people know what I'm talking about. And I realized because I make Runeterra lore videos, how niche the community is right now where people that actually know about Runeterra lore. So yeah. we're saying all this stuff and people might not even know who Viego is. <laughs> so it's true. So Viego came from Camavore, which is an island continent off to the side, doesn't exist on the map today, which is a, a very blatant show that this map is not complete. It's a completely different continent. It's it's a part of it. It's not even the complete continent. Uh, he lived in Camavore. He was the king there. He had a wife named Isolde. Isolde, the, an assassin comes to try to kill Viego. They throw a dagger at him. It hits Isolde. Isolde gets poisoned. She's dying. Viego loses his mind. Mm-hmm. All right, starts sacrificing the entire kingdom to try to find a cure for Isolde because he loves her so much. Um, eventually, he discovers the Blessed Isles, which has a water that can, can cure any ailment. Mm-hmm. So he takes his army there, goes to the Blessed Isles, and then he... His uh, his wife is dead at this point in his arms. Oh, wow. And they're like, we wanted to help you, but we literally can't because we don't know what will happen if you put your wife into the, ble- into the blessed waters because she's dead. And that should not be messed with. Like, she's dead. It's over. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're not about to cure death and we sure as hell aren't about to try. Yeah. <laughs> like, if she was just poisoned, she was still alive, 100%, you know, we would let you. Yeah. Especially because they they saw it as almost like a strategic thing. They wanted to help him because to have an ally like Camavore. Yeah, that would be huge. very good. Yeah. And they they felt like if they helped the king of Camavore save his wife, like they would have a permanent ally. Oh, yeah. And it would be pretty hard to beat that. Yeah. Yeah. And they were powerful at the mm-hmm. time. The Camavore was the power in the world. Really? Yeah. Huh. They they were the, uh, the uh, what's it called? Um, Lordaeron. Yes. Exactly. Lordaeron being the old kingdom of uh, Warcraft. That yeah. fell at some point long before the MMO ever came out. Exactly. That's that, cool. And then so, but then they were like, still, we can't risk it because his wife is dead. And if they put in the bus of waters, we don't know what's going to happen. So he gets pissed. He says, nothing's going to stop me from saving his soul. Kills everyone. Oh, wow. Carries his wife, kills all these guys in his way, drops her into the blessed waters. Something crazy happens. Like uh, she comes up as a spectral spirit, basically, instead of as herself. Mm-hmm. He was dead. Uh, in confusion, rage, and like bang, be, from being ripped from death, she takes up Viego's sword and just plunges it through his chest. And mm. Viego's sword is a unique sword. It like siphons the soul out of someone. Oh, it's not like a regular sword. That's why he his summoning it, even though he summons in death, that's the same same thing that happened when he was in life. That oh, he was able to just summon it. Yeah, it's like attached to his soul. Jeez, oh, it's crazy sword. Yeah. Uh, but 
So the sword is trying to suck Viego's soul out. At the same time, the waters are trying to heal Viego at the same time. Oh, that God. causes the ruination. It just like freaks out, explodes out all this death magic and freezes everyone on the Shadow Isles in this undeath version. And that's why you had this mist around the Blessed Isles, which no one could enter unless you had this particular item. Mm -hmm. Thresh was the one that gave that to the people who found the Blessed Isles to take back to Viego so he can come into the Blessed Isles. Ah. This mist became, instead of the Blessed Mist, became the Shadow Isles mist that we see today, which is the Shadow Isles covered in this dark, malevolent mist. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And if you want to know anything about the Shadow Isles, I got plenty of short stories on it. Um... And then there's also like, you can watch any of my videos on Viego, but that's the gist of Viego. And yeah. his whole goal is to rescue his soul. And every time he's come back before, he basically starts the ruination, releasing all the dead across Runeterra. And his goal is to collect all the souls of a soul, bring them together mm -hmm. and to resurrect her, which eventually he does in the war, in the war with the Sentinels of Light, mm -hmm. which is a group that just like get, their whole goal is to fight the Shadow Isles. Oh, yeah. And then uh, he does, and then they basically kill a sold. Oh. And they trap him in Camivore. Oh, my God. Yes. At this point, I feel just as bad for his sold as I do Vienko. <laughs> yeah, well, she wanted to die. Like, yeah. So in the scene, you know, they, he finally gets all her pieces of her soul together. That's the ruination that mm -hmm. goes across all of Runeterra. You can see cinematics of that. Mm -hmm. um, he puts her into the lockbox, resurrects her together again. And then she's looking at the Sentinels of Light and basically tells them, like, they can't kill Viego, but to kill her. Wow. And so they do it, and he just starts raging. He's At this point, he's back in Camivore because he went through a portal. I know this is a lot, guys. He's <laughs> no, back. Viego has a lot of story. More story than most characters in Runeterra, like, by far. Yeah, it's hard to even tell all that. Very fleshly. Like, I don't want to take a whole hour. Yeah. But he uh, he's back in Camivore, and he's frozen in basically a stasis by the Scissor Girl from the Shadow Isles. Um, mm -hmm. And so basically right now, he's trapped in Camivore. With the one person that he literally risked his whole life for and his undeath for, didn't care what happened to it, killed by the Sentinels of Light, who are kind of like the protectors of Runeterra against the Shadow Isles. Hmm. They come back to the Shadow Isles and the Shadow Isles isn't, isn't actually gone and Thresh is there and he's basically like, his whole plan was to culminate all this power from Viego that he was culminating in the Ruination. Mm -hmm. And that's what allows him to go free. And now he's basically free across Runeterra. Viego is trapped in Camivore, and the Shadow Isles are still the Shadow Isles, despite Viego being gone. Oh my god. Well then. Yeah, that I was a lot. I'm sorry. What's especially sad is that his soul does not want to be resurrected. Yeah. And Viego is just in complete denial yeah. at this point. Dude, when we're, yeah, like, god, Viego's pure, like, evil at this point, straight up. And you just pity him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because he's just insane. He is just a king who has gone mad. Man, the loss of his wife. That was a very wild. long tangent. I did not expect to go on for that long. But Viego, I mean, I think you summed it up really, really well. Like, really? Yeah, okay. you, you, you left out the stuff that can be left out and still understand the story. So you yeah. did a very good job. I had to get you from Viego's a king. Yeah. All the way to him being trapped in Camivore. Yeah. And the Shadow Isles still being the Shadow Isles. And it, there's so many turns in that that I didn't even cover like one tenth of the actual story. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you can talk about the whole, like, I, I like, um, Viego and Thresh have oh, a yeah. relationship leading up to Thresh's, you know, plan being revealed and his betrayal of Viego just using him. Yeah. And all that stuff. If you want to see a lot of Viego, there's a game, uh, Riot Forge, man. Riot, Riot Forge. I, you know my love for Riot Forge. Oh, yeah. I love Riot Forge. I love every single title that they've come out with. I freaking play every single game twice. There's only one game that I haven't played twice because mm -hmm. it takes forever on my second playthrough, and that's the Rune King. 
but it's such a good game. If you have not played the Rune King from Riot Forge and you want to learn more about Viego and a lot of other characters in Bilgewater, and actually the Fraljord because uh, Braum is there, I recommend that. Rune King is so good. You'll see Viego. It's a great game. Uh, Not sponsored. (laughs) (laughs) Riot, sponsor us, please. Do you think... That at some point in the MMO, imagine they don't. How, why would they even have to sponsor us? I know, like as as though we would do anything different. It's like a zip, a Ziploc podcast. Why would we even be sponsored by Ziploc? All we talk about yeah. is Ziploc bags the whole day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we're doing this for free. They don't have to pay us. Yeah. <laughs> but do you think that at some point in the MMO, I think obviously at some point Viego will be freed. Yeah, from his. I'm scared of when he's freed because now his uh, at four before it was like. You know Thanos? Yeah. That's why I snapped right when I said that. Yeah, I know. You just know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what you do. Thanos' original intentions was pure, right? He wanted to, like, save the universe and, like, he only wanted to kill half the people. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like Viego, his, his intention was pure for Isolde. Yeah. But then when Thanos comes back the second time, he just wants to destroy all everything because he's, like, pissed off. Yeah. And that makes him even more dangerous. Yeah, he's even further off the deep end, yeah. Yeah. I, you think Viego's going to be the same thing? I worry about it. If Viego ever comes back, he's going to be, like, Mordkaiser level. Jeez, yeah. So I'm pretty- I believe it. But do you think he's going to want revenge against Thresh? Oh, yeah. He never liked... Th- he hated Thresh from, like, early on because mm. he felt like Thresh was... Uh, um, he failed him at one point. He, he was supposed to like, gather something. I forgot what it was. But yeah, he, he didn't like Thresh. His, his right-hand person was Vex, who was a Yordle. Uh, wow. Yeah, and that bothered Thresh. But Thresh was really out for himself the whole yeah. time. Thresh doesn't care about Viego. Never mm-hmm. cared about his wife is sold. Like, he let her in for his own means. There's, I skipped all that during the story, but there's a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot between Viego and Yeah, they're and not Thresh. buddies. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering, all right, Viego never be, he, he better never be redeemed. I'll be pissed if he does have like a redemption arc. Yeah, no. But I would love if we have some very, very unsteady alliance with Viego to take out Thresh. Oh, I think oh, that yeah. would be really Yeah, see, that'd be cool. Yeah. Were you just honestly like scared of Viego because you know this guy's unhinged and he wants to kill you right now. Even better. <laughs> even better. An unhinged, unsteady alliance with him to fight against Mordkaiser. Ooh, two armies of death clashing <laughs> against each other. That sounds oh crazy. Like, I love that he's there in stasis. Mm-hmm. And it's like almost feels like, wh- why would we ever release him? Unless yeah. we absolutely need him for something. Yeah, like we know. It's like, okay, he wants to kill us, but he wants to kill this guy even more. Yeah. And what, what, we're- <laughs> so let's, we're going to have to do this because if we don't, we're dead anyways. So yeah. might as well try. Yeah, and we go to Camivore. Oh my god. See, see, and then, oh, Camivore is also an inevitable zone, right? That's an inevitable that'd be expansion. A great segue into Camivore. Yeah, we do a Camivore expansion that leads to the release of Viego, which no. leads into either you know um, Mordecai or Ooh. Thresh. Like, yeah, we go to Camivore, and now we know where Viego is, and we end up having to release him for the next expansion. Because, Dude, how do we not think wow. of Camivore as an inevitable expansion? It has to be. Camivore right? 100%. There's no way it doesn't become an expansion. 100%. 100%. Dude. Oh. So, yeah. Either way, they better not just make Viego. I'm like, I don't think they will, because they're obviously putting way too much effort into Viego mm-hmm. to make him just a one-off, like, uh, villain of the expansion type deal. Yeah. You know, we better not just kill him within an expansion. Mm-hmm. We better have some very interesting interactions going on with Viego for multiple expansions. That's what I want out of Viego. Yeah. They've invested way too much into him. He's such a well-written character. 
Like, oh, I can't wait to see what they do with him. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's there's a lot of potential there for sure. He's one of the characters I'm most excited for to see in the ride. I'm most for, like easily. I agree. none. He's one of the characters I'm most excited to see. I agree. Cause like, like like we said, they're setting up a lot right now. There's gonna be so many threads that are gonna be you know undone very aggressively and dramatically throughout the MMO. Cause that's what MMO is gonna be. It feels like MMO is gonna be conclusive to a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Which will also you know lead to these big climactic things like Viego being freed and us fighting Thresh and us fighting Mordecai. Like all this stuff is gonna happen in the MMO. I'm fully expecting it at this point. Yeah, I'm. I'm just talking about it gets me excited. But me then, too. okay, so while we're talking about the big bads, which we've completed. I think the list is pretty complete. We didn't cover everyone. I'm sure someone's going to say there's a, character, there's a character that we missed. I know that. Like, but oh, I'm sure there are. <laughs> there's plenty of stuff that we missed. Mm-hmm. But now that we've covered the big bads, we have to talk about how we're going to fight them. And I always feel like it, I don't want to see Riot reinvent the wheel too much when it comes to this. I know a lot of people are looking for innovation, right? I, I don't want to see a VR MMO. Right? <laughs> And when it better com- not be. <laughs> I, I mean, like, will I buy the Oculus Quest 3 for this game? Yeah. Will I be happy? No. Probably not. <laughs> I'll find a way to, like, hook it up to my computer, display the Oculus Quest screen on my computer, and then I'll play it with a mouse. It'll be keyboard. day one add-ons, yeah, for mouse and keyboard support. 100%. <laughs> I'm fine with there being an option, like VR support. That'd be cool. Yeah, sure. Why not? I would do that for, like, a day, and I'd be like, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's other things too that I don't I want to see them kind of keep one of those things to me mm-hmm. is the Holy Trinity I think that should be maintained I don't like games where it's like you just you're whatever you want because whatever weapon you're holding I'm holding oh yeah no I don't like that either I, I, I like when your character is strictly one thing yeah you know like you you are a um a, a shaman of the yeah. Treliord yes that's who you are that's your character, you know? I I really like that. I don't know. I, I like the feeling of uh, being specialized. Yeah. So then that way, when I am standing in front of a mage of like Demacia or something, I'm like, oh yeah, like we are different peoples. Yeah. Different worlds coming together for a common enemy or a it common It feels threat. like the same character. When everyone's the same, you, you do feel like, okay, we're all just the same character. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree very much where it's like, especially if like there's like somebody who's like maxed out in like every single weapon skill, every single class on this character. Suddenly I feel way less special. And yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I thought I was being helpful. But no, I'm just like a little pet for this guy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I want I want you to pick a class and a race. I think I, that's important. It helps a lot for RP, too. Right. Like then you're not just an everything person. Yeah, you're a specific type of person in this world. And I think that's really cool. There's two ways they, they could go where there's, okay, there's humans, there's Vistaya, and there are Yordles. Those are the races in Runeterra. They could definitely go where, like, you pick your Yordle, and then, okay, your class is decided later and by what you do and how you pick. Mm-hmm. And I can see, like, you know, there is a fantasy to that where you're just, you're entering this world, you're just a person, and you find your way towards your class. Yeah. But I do feel like you need to have a class, and you shouldn't be able to just hot swap between them. So I, I kind of like it where you're picking your class up front where you're choosing what you are and that's a big decision. Yeah, definitely. And the problem is that the more fluidity you have between, like the, the more choice you have in an MMO, one thing, everyone has this issue. The more choice you have, the less choice you have, right? If everyone can be 
everything in any combination of things, everyone's going to be the same thing. Everyone's going to be whatever the heck the guide told them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's homogenization is a big issue in MMOs. And it's just the truth of it that the more freedom you have, the less likely you're actually going to use that freedom. Mm -hmm. The more likely you're going to do whatever everyone else is doing because you're not going to get invited to the raid otherwise. Uh, That's just something I do not want to see happen. Yep. Right. That makes perfect sense. I didn't even think about that. That, Yeah. if, If you can. If you can choose whatever you want to be, there's going to be one healer that's optimal and everyone's going to have to be that healer. There's one DPS that's optimal, everyone's going to be that DPS. One tank. Yeah. And I I, I always see issues with like, oh, yeah, but like on a casual level, that's not going to matter, right? You're talking about like 1% stuff. It's like, yeah, but everyone thinks they're the 1%. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that like, n- like completely regular, easy level dungeon, people are still going to invite the person that has the optimal setup for a healer. Yeah, aren't you going right. to try to do your... There's a, there's a like, level of like, okay, I want to have fun, but I also want to do my best. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you have to respect everyone else's time yeah. too, you know? <laughs> yeah, like I may everyone like... else's experience. Like you're in an MMO, so you're going to be interacting with other people, so you need to kind of pull your weight. <laughs> exactly. For example, let's say I want to RP a pirate, and I really like the idea of a peg leg. But if a peg leg reduces my run speed by 50%... <laughs> yeah, don't do it. That'd be stupid. Like, okay... I'm gonna get kicked. I'm not gonna invite you. <laughs> like, bro, you can barely avoid mechanics because you're too slow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's like that. That's obviously an extreme example, but it's really the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I think down. It's, yeah, it's very good, straightforward way of putting it. That like... Yeah, because I mean, also like like in a... In like a, a, a pug group or a, a, a pickup group, is what they're called, where you just get random people together that you don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good you are at the game. So, like, I can't base you off of skill. I'm just going to base you off of, oh, this guy, if, if this guy's running optimal healer, he knows how to heal. Probably. Right? At least he's like he cared enough to look up a guide. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to the guy who's just running whatever the heck they think is fun. So, like, yeah, we, you need to avoid homogenization with your classes. Just by, like, walling them off, you know? Like, okay, I mean, like, as long as they're somewhat balanced, it should be fine. That, that's the way most MMOs have done it. And that's the way I think it's always worked best. And then, and then there's also, okay, so I definitely think that you have your class you're picking at the front, but then there's, there's the, I didn't really say it right, I, said, I did say the Holy Trinity, which what this is means that when you go into a dungeon and when you go into a raid, there's three types of people. You have your tanks who are soaking damage. You have your DPS who are doing damage. And you have your healers who are keeping everyone alive. Mm-hmm. I like that. Separate. Me too. I don't like where everyone's like kind of hybrid. Everyone's DPSing and or there's like literally no healers. because Everyone heals themselves mm-hmm. or there's no tank because it just spread keeps swapping damage. I feel like I really like the Holy Trinity where it's those three. And I think that should also be carried forward into the ride MMO. I completely agree. It's the reason why I do not. It's literally the only reason why I don't like Guild Wars 2 is because I never played Guild Wars 2. Well, in that game, there really there's like maybe one tank and you have to specifically spec all of your talents and everything into becoming a tank if you want to tank. And even then you're not really tanking. You don't have aggro. You're just using a lot of defensive stuff to keep everyone around you more defensive. Mm. To take less damage Dude, and then you had dps with some defensive buffs everyone in the game is a dps yeah i don't and like then that. you know you have like your sword of healers just like i have your sword of tank you have your sword of healers you can very closely spec into healing throughout your time playing the game but even at the beginning if you want to play a healer you're starting off as a dps character that you spec into healing so it's just like yeah and i'm like 
But now I feel like we're not working together. We're all just pushing our buttons. Yeah, you are. That's, the, that's what the Holy Trinity does. The Holy Trinity makes you feel like you are cooperating and you all need each other to succeed. Otherwise, it's just like, well, we need these many people because bigger number of people means bigger damage. Yeah. And that's not fun because then that's literally like, why not just have a bunch of NPCs? It's going to be the same. It's going to be the same experience. And it's not even just <laughs> tank healer DPS. Like um, there's also a, it's basically almost support defensive support healer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, tank is a support. Tank should be a support. Right. I, a support I, I don't like the tank is just a DPS with more health. Yeah. <laughs> Like that support role was more what I'm talking about. That's the role I like to fill, and that's the role you like to fill too. Yeah, I love tanking. You like tanking, tanking. is so much fun. Yeah, and I like healing. So I feel like those roles are more they're support roles, and that's what I like about them is that they're they're yeah, not they're purely like a like you really can't do much on your own as a healer. No. You really can't do much on your own as a tank. You're there for the you help people. the group. Yeah. You are there purely for everyone else. Mm -hmm. You are not there for you. You know, it's it's really, really cool in that sense. You you're forced to rely on other people. Yeah. And I like that in any MMO because that's why I'm there. I'm there for other people. That's why I'm playing an MMO. <laughs> and it just feels very cool to have that complete unit. You know, it's yeah. very satisfying to see all the gears turning, everything working together as one big powerful thing because you're a team yeah you're that a, team. Makes you a team like the holy trinity is basically saying you need know. three different three different people to get this done things. they can't be all the same mm -hmm. you have yep. to have different people and everyone has their own task own role during the fight that everyone's worried about like i'm doing my thing yeah i'm doing my part mm -hmm. even though that part's different than your part you need both to complete i don't know it makes me feel like a group like okay that's a group yeah i completely agree but speaking of that, too, mm -hmm. so now you have this group, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's there. Everyone's in the dungeon. Everyone's in the raid. I understand that, like, um, you have different communication tools. Like, you, sure, you can get a group together and say, hey, come on my Discord. Probably not going to happen. Okay? <laughs> Scream in general chat. Yeah, yeah. There, there's you can t you can type. But if you're playing the game and it's like a high key or something or high doing something intense. Yeah. Like really high level content. You're probably not gonna be able to type your messages while doing that. Yeah. Then there's the voice chat in the game. Okay, not everyone's going to join the voice chat because people are just, maybe someone's playing in their freaking living room <laughs> or, or they just don't like, they don't have, they don't want to talk on the mic. They're just playing a game. Yeah. You know, very true. They're playing on the couch. Not everyone wants to join voice chat, mm -hmm. even if you have voice chat implemented in the game. That's why uh, you actually suggested this a yeah. while ago. You were saying that they need to have some kind of uh, system in place. Yes. We need emotes. Emotes are very important because you'd be surprised how many people don't want to talk in an MMO. This is how they communicate with you. The number of times I have ran around in literally any MMO, Final Fantasy XIV, World of Warcraft, um, Final Fantasy XI, every time you're going to see people who talk purely through emotes, such as their character is going to wave when they see you, their character is going to bow as a thank you. Stuff like that is insanely important. I would like to see this taken to the next level in an yeah. MMO. And I think Grantara can do it. I think World of Warcraft has a sort of like voice line thing. I'm sure you know of like how when your character, yeah, if you do like slash charge, slash for the alliance, like yeah. for the horde, that kind of stuff. I would like to see that taken to the next level to where in a dungeon I can just click a button and my character will say a voice line, you know? 
I really like the way they do it in Overwatch, to be honest. Overwatch is a really good example. A lot of because yeah, you got the the emote wheel. Yeah, I hope they do that. I hope they or do Apex Legends does it very well too, where yeah. it's like this. Uh, you communicate with your team by your character is talking, mm-hmm. and you, and you're uh, like it's a kind of a wheel, like you ping enemy here, like yeah, or uh, resources here. Pinging, pinging is insanely important. Yeah, it's that kind of stuff too. I think emotes are even more important for RP a little bit. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you need some good emotes for RP. Yeah, and then there's also like this. I want to be able to communicate with everyone without having to communicate with everyone. And I think the ping system and like um, that kind of thing where you're, you're able to kind of scroll wheel and your character, they hear it instead of just seeing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As long as like, you know, you're like default chat message of, yeah, like attack here or whatever the heck. Yeah. Yeah. Moving in three, two, one. Oh man, no add-ons. No add-ons. Oh boy. I, I mean, hey, that's, that's where stuff like pinging and everything like that comes in. World of Warcraft just recently added pinging. Yeah, Which, by the way, like I, I feel like you know, like if you don't like play too many like uh competitive games, you know, pinging is just like you can put like a marker on the map telling people what to look at, where to look at, mm-hmm. especially for like enemies and things like that. If you want, if you want someone to like attack a certain enemy first because they're the most dangerous, just ping that enemy. Yeah, or put a skull symbol over their head. Yeah, that kind of stuff. That's insanely important. There's so many forms of communication in MMO, and all of it needs to be really fast and yeah. obvious. To just like visually tell what's going on. Exactly. To communicate with other people. Especially if you're in the middle of doing your rotation and you're just watching your health drop and you're like, dear God, someone save me. You can't just start typing. Heal me. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's the point where it can I get annoying and you should obviously commute it like someone says, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like spam pinging the tank because they accidentally pulled an extra pack. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Maybe I don't know. They could figure out like the time game thing. But the, the important thing is that the system needs to be implemented with the pinging, with the emotes for like, I really like the high five one you said in Final Fantasy. Oh, it's, it's an um, Sky Children of the Light. That's a bit of a, a niche MMO, but I love it so much. Oh, oh that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the idea of like cooperative, like like multi-person emotes, which I think is especially important for things like like RP or when you just like accomplish little things. So one thing I brought up is that like in Sky, you have a high five emote. Which, when you use it, your character just freezes in a position with their hand up in the air. And then if you walk up to them, there's a little button prompt over their head. If you push that button, you you and the other person high five. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, because see, then it's cool. like accomplishing little things becomes so much more exciting when someone raises their hand up. You're like, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and you high five. Or you like hug. That kind of stuff. I'm surprised how much it does for... feels personal. It feels like personal communication compared to just your average like wave emote or your bow emote for just like thank you and hi or jumping a billion times to say a billion different things. Yeah, because you're actually <laughs> interacting with the other player. Yeah, it feels like you are talking to that person. You're emailing that person specifically and you see that interaction happen. Yeah. I never realized how much of a difference it made till I played Sky. But oh. like I we need those. I, think I want it to go far. Work. Like I want it to be like if someone's yeah. sitting at a campfire and they're cooking. Yeah. I you go sit at the campfire and then the other person will literally grab some soup and put it in their hand and offer it to you. And you could literally say no or yes and take the soup. Dude, yeah, that, that, that's literally like, the that's stuff this guy does. And go. I love it. Yeah. Like, little stuff like that is you oh, press. Yeah, I want more. full like interaction trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like how the interaction plays out. Man, we might be asking for too much. I don't feel like it's that's too much, okay? Honestly, not, I don't think it is. <laughs> I'm not asking too much. <laughs> I mean, it's mostly just like on the animation side of things, especially with um. Or one thing I freaking love is that the characters are gonna be the races are gonna be so different in Runeterra. Mm-hmm. I think most of MMOs have that issue where a lot of their characters look very a lot of the races look very similar 
for obvious reasons, right? Their rig is going to be the same. The skeleton is going to be the same. So when they're animating, there's only one animation for all the races. Mm -hmm. But World of Warcraft is the only example where they beat that status quo, and I love it. Yeah, it's my like literally one of, if not my favorite thing about World of Warcraft for as as an MMO. So the races are varied. They're going to have that same thing going on in in Runeterra too. With obviously like Yordles better be playable, right? No way they're not going to be playable. No, Yordles. I refuse to believe that Yordles will not be playable. Their skeletons will be very different from the average uh, race in Runeterra, which means the animations for things like emotes are going to be a little more varied for sure. They're probably going to have to reanimate entire emotes. Like they're not all going to be doing the same exact wave. They yeah. better have some flavor to each rate. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. So I think stuff like that obviously is going to take up a little bit more development time for each emote, especially if you're doing those interactions. But God, do I hope they do it because it adds so much. Like you don't believe it until you see it, until you're in game and you're doing that kind of thing. It's so much fun and it just makes every connection that much more special when you're playing. I do wonder when the races come. So Yordles are easy. Yeah. Right? They give me a couple They're different variations. Point. Uh, the Yordle shape. Same thing with humans. You know, you have some taller humans, shorter humans, maybe some pudgy humans, whatever. Yeah. Humans and Yordles, I feel like, are very straightforward. Vistaya are a very wide breadth of people. Oh, like, man. they're very different. You have people, like, you have Vistaya tribe with wings that can fly. Oh, wow. All the way down to Vistaya tribe with fins that swim deep under the ocean. I did not know that. I yeah. did not know they're flying Vistaya. What the heck? I always assumed they were just the, the fish people. No, yeah. <laughs> so the Vistaya all come from Vistaya Shire, which is like they took, this is like the history. We don't actually know this stuff, but this is like the the history that we think is true. After the Rune Wars, pretty much all history got wiped off the face of the earth because uh. of like nuclear fallout mm -hmm. but the history that we have right now is supposedly they came from Vestaya Shire which is they they were during the titan war they're fighting titans from the sky mm -hmm. and they took in the spirit realm into them these enlightened mortals and they became Vestaya Shire after the war they you know they started living their lives they made let's say they mated with a human or some other creature oh um, but leads to these variations. every single Vestaya tribe today can lead its origins to a, like a Vestaya Shire yeah. For example, one of the Vasai Shire had wings. And so that, that eventually branched off into this, these like tribes. All these four different tribes have wings. And they all oh. originate from this single Vasai Shire that happened to have wings. Oh, man. Yeah. And so like the one of them swam. And so all the swimming Vasayan tribes today in the oceans or wherever, mm -hmm. they all can link their origin back to that single Vasai Shire that happened to be like a swimming Vasai Shire. Oh, wow. Actually, I don't even think I've seen a picture of a Vestaya yet. Do they have like Nami's a Vestaya? Oh, okay. Yeah, she's so she's like, like the mermaid person in the Marai territory. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. There's there's uh there's like a chameleon Vestaya in Ishtal in Bilgewater or well not really in Bilgewater but from Camivore in that book there's mm -hmm. like an otter Vestaya. Yeah. Um. There's okay. Vestaya everywhere. Oh, I see. They're all over the world and they're different kind of in mm -hmm. different tribes. Huh. So that's why I'm saying, like, I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. So, like, if I had to guess, they probably wouldn't vary them too crazy. Like, obviously, you're not going to be, like, a mermaid Vestaya, I don't no, think. No, You know? That'd be tough. When gonna... Yeah, I don't know what the heck they're going to do with that. Well, you're going to be your mermaid, and there's going to be... around. You have two people that carry your, your <laughs> Giant fish tub. bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fish bowl. No, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, they could just do, like, uh, you know, they're going to have that one default Vestaya rig. Yeah. And then they just add, you know like the, the chameleon look to it or they add the wings to it and kind of choose and your you option use, yeah and you I've, hopefully you can't do both because that would just be immersion breaking is all you better not be a flying chameleon yeah you know <laughs> unless that's a possible thing yeah <laughs> but 
I, I definitely see that happening where it's kind of just like customization. You just decide what tribe you want to be RP. I like that. Yeah. I like that. So you kind of like, you can customize your Vestai a little bit to be from the tribe that you want it to be a part of. Yeah. I mean, that's how I do it with the Magar orcs mm. in World of Warcraft. That's true. Where Magar orcs, oh, they yeah. have all sorts of different skin colors and tattoos and stuff. And you just pick a skin color that matches that, uh, that like type of look that you want or what a uh, tribe you want to be part of. Man, I'm so excited for this MMO. Yeah. I've never been so excited for a game in my life. <laughs> and I, I hate to ride the copium this hard, but I'm like hot on copium at this point. I'm just, I'm too excited for it. I mean, obviously I care a lot about the lore. And so that maybe is contributing to it, but I yeah. played world of Warcraft for a long time mm-hmm. and I never knew as much as I know already about like rune Terra. Oh yeah. I bet. I mean, after your catalog of videos. Yeah. One thing about <laughs> it. So I really like to read. And so that's really what initially got me into Runeterra is I just like reading personally. I like reading books. I worked in a library for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That's like my, my way to absorb content. My favorite way to absorb content is reading. Yeah, I agree. In terms of like long stories, like long format, like uh, overarching. Yeah. Like events and things like that. Yeah, I agree. I think reading is a really good way to get a story across. The thing is, so that's what initially got me into Runeterra lore, because I just started reading stuff on their website and reading the, the zones and the stories. And then I got like Realms of Runeterra, the book. And then I was like, oh, there's another book called Ruination. So I got that and I started reading it. Yeah. And that's what got me into the Runeterra lore was reading. But a lot of people don't want to read. Yeah. And that, that's not like they even said that's not the best way to distribute content to the player base. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're trying to look for other forms of ways to get that, that content out. I've tried to make it pretty digestible on my channel I think making videos have. for short stories and stuff mm-hmm. and animating it and doing voice voices for like different characters um i really liked in battle for azeroth the one good thing that i thought was in that expansion was yeah. like the the cinematics oh yeah and i think that may be a way that they're going to go about doing it but i don't feel like you can do cinematics for everything like i feel like cinematics tend to be very disjointed when you because they're, they're for a specific scene so you can't tell the whole story about the game through cinematics and so i think they might even do like i really like arcane the netflix series Mm -hmm. that's an amazing way to tell the story riot riot forge is a great way to tell the story yeah but i'm wondering like what's their strategy here like if you're not going to do these these stories and these books because even the blizzard team does a book for every expansion almost Mm -hmm. so what what ways can they introduce new players to the lore who have no experience the lore whatsoever i'm I'm gonna do a video that's like introducing new players to the lore from scratch um but what's what's the best strategy for riot going forward for this yeah introducing new players to lore it's tough that's a very good question because i mean obviously the nice thing about short stories and books and stuff is that it's way less uh like expensive in terms of time and money for them mm-hmm. which means they can put out more yeah <laughs> right that means more lore more setup for big events more setup for everything's going to be happening in the mmo but yeah at the end of the day how many people are going to enjoy that compared to a raya forge game or a cinematic but then those things are just going to be way more expensive um i mean obviously they can't tell everything that's going to happen in the mmo you know you got to leave some stuff there for the mmo to happen at its own like inside the game mm-hmm. so yeah that's tough they definitely can't do like cinematics i don't think it's too hard like you can't just do yeah, cinematics just, try to like, tell the whole story yeah exactly like yeah like uh, battle for azeroth the way they did it was like they told one character's 
story and they really only told the major events of that character's story of that character's arc sarfang yeah right if you watch them all you can get like an idea of where the story was but you won't get the the full story you'll just understand like okay this happened and this happened this happened this happened but yeah that's exactly you're missing so much in the middle that you're kind of like those are just they're disjointed at the end of the day yeah you're missing what leads him to these places and these uh how how he is like emotionally you know you're missing those transitionary periods yeah you can kind of see the big moments and you have so our cinematics don't really work in that sense yeah and you have arcane which is like okay that's a full story though yeah i mean that's that also nothing like, for the ride mmo like you want to be able to get some story in the ride mmo yeah exactly i mean that's also why i always come back to warcraft 3 because that was the most perfect setup for mmo i've ever seen in my life yeah you play as the villain you see his motives you see everything about him and in the end it still feels like you know okay what's next yeah. Like you, you love that story. You love everything that happens in it. It ends with a big climactic conclusive battle, but then you still know the Lich King is there. You know, the final cinematic is him putting on the crown, becoming the Lich King. And he's just sitting there on his throne waiting for what's to come. And it's like, oh, dude, stuff like that is so impactful. And that leads to such amazing things going on in the MMO later on. So like, with Raya Forge games, I hope they do something like that in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope they, you know, they, they still have their own story, but they still leave some uh, some loose ends Yeah, to tie up in the MMO. That's what I'm hoping Raya Forge is there for, honestly. I'm hoping Raya Forge becomes Warcraft Nunu, <laughs> definitely an open end on the end of it. The Mage Seeker, definitely an open end. Good. Moon King is definitely open-ended, even though we do see oh, yeah, Diego going right. forward. Uh, yeah. Convergence? Convergence is kind of like its own. It does have an open end, but mm-hmm. it's it's very much like its own. So I yeah, think it's going to be canon. Really? I think it's canon, but only in it. It's in a different timeline because so Convergence at the end, when you see it was spoiler, spoiler, fast forward a little bit if you don't want to be. Spoiled. <laughs> but at the end of Convergence, uh, Echo's future self flips through a bunch of portals of different timelines. And one of them shows Arcane. And oh. they already said Arcane is canon. Oh. So that's the timeline that we're on for the Ride Mo, in my opinion. Because I think that's what the, the, the canon timeline is the whole point of it's for the Ride Mo. Yeah. And one of the timelines that he sees is, the, is he sees so the... So it's not his timeline is what you're saying. Yeah, that timeline that Convergence is in is not the same timeline that we're in. Yeah, so that's not the echo that we we know. had. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I really like that, actually. Yeah, so I hope it's still canon, but Echo's, he's literally the boy who shattered time. Yeah. So I hope that in some way, like, it's its still canon. It's just yeah. on a different I mean, yeah, it, it is canon, but it's not going to, like, be as impactful as the other stories in the Riot MMO or in Runeterra in general. It's just not as impactful because it's not the timeline that we see all exactly. the time. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, like it's still canon, just not as uh, impactful to the to the world as a whole. Yeah, but that's that's still really cool. I like how they can do that because that means they can make all sorts of crazy stories. Yeah, in that <laughs> timeline. Yeah, and, and like of course, you know, I'm sure at some point we're gonna meet Echo, and I wouldn't be surprised if we can do some timeline shenanigans at some point. Oh yeah, you know, hopefully nothing too crazy. I I, I don't want to, you know start invalidating everything by just being like oh yeah in this timeline everyone that died yeah they're still alive they're still here (laughs) that kind of stuff like don't don't find excuses to like don't don't be lazy with the timeline stuff make it interesting don't make it like a cop-out 
<laughs> I really liked Convergence Convergence Echo though. Like an Arcane Echo, they don't really explore him enough, so I can't say whether I like him or not. Like he might have parents and stuff. We don't really know his backstory. Um, oh yeah, that's right. That yeah. explains that a little bit better, right? Yeah, the whole we, parents thing. <laughs> I liked in Convergence. He has like parents and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. Like Echo is the one person that you could actually get away with he's hopping around timelines because we could actually see this echo from convergence one day yeah in our timeline which would be cool yeah that'd you be know? neat and that'll that'll make that convergence canon mm -hmm. and maybe he can come from our timeline and, and he'll meet our echo and art like that 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 sounds cool to me just don't take away convergence because i loved that game so <laughs> much i thought it was such a good game the story was great yeah. and i, I like that version of echo yeah. so i hope that that maintains its canonity yeah, 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 yeah. Canonicity, yeah. Yeah, it's canonicity, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fully expecting Riot Forge to become their main avenue for storytelling. I hope that's the case. And I hope it continues. Yeah, oh, yeah, during the Riot MMO. It better continue through the Riot MMO. It better set up future content for the Riot MMO exactly. as it goes on. That's Every what I'm single game, you have like, okay, you have the expansion, and then there's a Riot Forge title that comes out that yeah. kind of hints at the next, like tells you some story that's required for the next expansion. I know that's kind of a dead giveaway. Maybe we could do two expansions earlier, but even that, like maybe people can talk to it, but yeah. same time. At the very least, just to establish things that maybe people don't know that much about yet. Just yeah. to flesh things out further, just the world as a whole. Because I'm like, that, that, that's what Warcraft 3 did. Yeah, right? it did. It did not, not only did it set up the Lich King for, mm -hmm. uh, you know, two expansions of World of Warcraft, he becomes the, a villain that we have to fight off. But... Yeah. It also establishes like a lot of night elf lore. You know, it establishes uh, the fall of Lordaeron, which is yeah. insanely important to set up the undead mm -hmm. and the forsaken. Yeah. Like, and uh, of course the orcs moving to Kalimdor and recruiting the Tauren and the trolls. So I think Riot Forge is a really great way to move Runeterra forward when it needs to. It's a great way to change what's like, like the current state of the world to move things around in a way that's not just like, Oh, your character's just kind of standing there and things are happening. Your character's just there for it all, I guess. <laughs> you know, I feel like the MMO should be there to uh to lead to these big uh climactic battles and things like that. But in terms of like raw storytelling, I think the best storytelling should come from the Riot Forge games, not from the MMO. That's just my opinion. I think, you know, the like like, like we say, the world is the main character, you know? I don't think Echo should be the main character of like an entire expansion in uh in in the Riot MMO, yeah. right? It should be Zahn. Zahn should be the main character of that expansion, yeah. not Echo. Exactly. Compared to Convergence where of course Echo is the main character and he should be. Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. And then you explore Echo and Riot Forge and that title so when you get to Zahn, he doesn't need to be fleshed out as much. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to go through all this exposition and stuff. No, just explore Zahn. Enjoy enjoy the characters that are there. Enjoy all that flavor. You're you, already, know? you already know it. You know? Yeah, but exactly. You can just go deeper yeah. with the right of emotion. Precisely. Yeah, the, the right of emotion should be, uh, you know, just further fleshing out this world that already has so much stuff going on in it. That That's what I think the Riot Forge game should do. Riot Forge game should be more focused storytelling that push the plot along. And then... The Riot MMO is where this world really gets to see its full potential and you really get to explore all the cool little things about these zones. Man, I can't. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I'm excited. <laughs>
<laughs> all right. Well, another great episode. We actually did still didn't finish all of our topics, and so we'll uh, we'll talk more on those next time. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Dude, there's so much we can talk about. Like, see us in episode 172. We'll see you guys there. Yes. So we'll see you guys in that one. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. We will continue this conversation in the next one right here in the Brazen Hydra Pub of Bilgewater. You can find me at Engrove on socials and YouTube and Conquest. Do you have any socials you want to go? Oh, uh, yeah. You can now finally find me at Conquest95 on Twitter. Where I'll be posting all sorts of funny little things. Yep. And, and you can follow at The Brazen Hydra on Twitter. And if you want to have any like questions, answers, story suggestions, feel free to throw those at us and DM on there. And you can stay up to date for the goings on for this podcast by heading over to the website, TheBrazenHydra.com. Thanks for stopping by. And we'll see you in the next one.